who's seen the movie? I spoke about this last time I was here. Who's seen the movie Field of Dreams? If you build it, they will come. It's the guy, if you don't know the story, I'll give you the two-second version so you don't have to waste any time. But the guy starts hearing voices in his head from legendary baseball players telling him to build a baseball diamond in his millie field in the middle of nowhere. And they kept on saying to him, if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. So he built it and they came. It doesn't work that way in podcasting, unfortunately. If you build it, they won't come. If you build it deliberately, they will come. What you need to do So often, people just throw mud against the wall to see what sticks. And they hope if they throw mud against the wall, people will come and look at their mud against the wall. You need to tell people there's mud against the wall. Because as I explained a little bit earlier, the barriers to entry for people listening and finding podcasts is slightly more difficult than simply switching on a radio. It'll change with the advent of sort of Wi-Fi built into cars. and It's happening in the States. It's going to take some time to get here. But you need to tell people about this content. So, I mentioned the frequency earlier on and how often do you create these things. When I first started, it was all about quantity. Just do as much as you can. And that's all you're doing. You're creating content, creating content, creating content, putting it out there, hoping people listen. Now, rather create one piece of content and spend 30 days promoting it than creating 30 pieces of content and telling no one about it. One good piece of content can change your business. That's where the magic is, is in the promotion. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that's really moved the needle to us, because for us, (coughs) sorry, excuse me, one of the the things I've realized over the, the eight or nine years that I've been doing this is small hinges move big doors. It's little things that make big differences. And often it's not the things that you think make the difference. So when we first started out, one of the things that we did, and I know this is weird, it's email marketing. It's nothing to do with podcasting. When we first started, how do you tell people about these things? We were like, we publish a piece of content. If they don't subscribe to our feed, how do they know we've published another piece of content? How do we get back to them? And we deliberately started building email lists off these audiences, off these uh, sort of communities that we're building. And, and it's, there's a couple of different reasons why. One of them is to be able to tell them, we've got a new podcast out. The landscape has changed a lot. I mean, everyone's inbox is cluttered. I mean, there's other ways to do it, and I'm going to talk about some of the others. But email for us is still one of the biggest drivers of downloads. We've built in various communities, email databases, and it's not a case of spamming. This is, I'm not going and scraping the internet for email addresses. I'll tell you how we, we've done it. But every time we publish a new podcast, we email a list of 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people. So, hey, there's a new podcast out, and they come back. You've got to train people to keep coming back. And for us, email has been, it, it, it's taken time to build this thing, but it is a small hinge that moves big doors. That's, you've got to build these tribes. And how do you build email databases? I'm going to talk about calls to action in the podcast later, but one of the things that we did early on, and there's various words for it, you can call it a lead magnet, you can call it a freemium, whatever it is. So whatever it is, whatever niche you've decided on, whether it's a business niche or if it's entertainment, whatever it is, create something that your audience wants. 
that in order for them to get it, whether it be a checklist or if it's a, uh, something that's downloadable, essentially, PDF file, whatever it is, and in the podcast, talk about it. I mean, this whole Radio Days has been about storytelling. And I haven't been in many talks, but I don't know if anybody was talking about open loops and closed loops and that sort of thing. I love the way, I mean, who watches Netflix? Who's got Netflix? Okay, cool. You look at the most popular series and the way they tell stories, it's cliffhangers, open loops, and then they're closing, and it's, that's what keeps you coming back and keeps you engaged. And that's what you need to do in the podcast content, <coughs> is tell stories and, and open loops. Talk about something and say, if you want to find out more, go over to my website. I've got a checklist for you to download. In order for them to download it, they put the email address in, you send it to them. You then got the email address. They can unsubscribe at any time, but if you're providing value over email or whatever channel it is, people stick around. And it builds with time. And every week you pick up 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 new subscribers. A year from now, all of a sudden, you've got an email list of 10, 20, 30,000 people who are into what you're doing. That follows on to the monetization stuff I'm going to talk about a little bit just now as well. The podcast is great, but that's not the only way to make money off these platforms. Advertisers want audiences. In order to sell advertising, you need an audience. You need to build the audience. The podcast doesn't do it by itself. You've got to use things like email marketing to, to build the audience off the back end. So that's, that's one of the ways to do it. Show notes. This is also work that goes into it. One of the things that, that, I mean, you'll hear, if you listen to podcasts, people talk about, go check out the links in the show notes, or there's more details in the show notes. As it stands right now, and it is changing, uh, I know Google have made a couple of big announcements recently about sort of indexing audio and that sort of thing. But as it stands right now, you can do the best piece of content, an hour-long, in-depth on whatever, and you'll put it online, Google doesn't know about it. Why? Because they're not indexing audio. The index text. YouTube's slightly different. If there's video, obviously they're doing, they've got a whole bunch of stuff that almost transcribes it. We were building these things, and I thought, you know what? It's a schlep, but I'm going to start transcribing these things. And I remember in the early days, sitting in bed, my life was exciting, transcribing podcasts. I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing? Within two months, we had tripled our numbers from transcribing podcasts. Why? Because Google all of a sudden knew what we were doing. We had told Google, here's content. And it used to, in the early days, used to drive me mad because we had spent so much time and effort and money in transcribing podcasts and we've done this wonderful piece of audio content and people will meet you and they go, oh, I love reading your podcast. No. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know what? If it works, it works. Transcribing podcasts has been one of the biggest small hinges that's moved big doors in our business because it allows Google to find us. So it's a schlep, and I'm going to tell you lots of things, yeah, and 99% of you aren't going to do it, but I'm telling you it works. So that's it. From a show notes perspective as well, again, pushing people to the show notes and, and the transcriptions, you can also, from an email marketing perspective, offer the transcription as a download for an email address. What that does, again, is Google's then not seeing it, I've personally found more benefit just having it on the website that Google can index it. But that's one of the options as well. Social media marketing. This is, this is again, uh, it's always changing. Uh, and everyone's talking about getting engaged audiences on Facebook. And 
this is contentious about reach and how many eyeballs you're getting. And again, it's that whole advertising sort of thinking, the more people you can see, the better. I want engaged people. I want people listening with their hearts. And one of the things that popped up in the pod meet last night was how, I mean, I don't know if you guys, anybody manages business Facebook pages, anyone? The reach is fantastic at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> Facebook has throttled organic reach in a big way. Why? They're a business. Love them, I hate them, they're a business. They're there to make money for their shareholders. Love it or hate it. But there are ways to get organic reach. How? Build engaged audiences. Have people who are consuming your content with their hearts and not their minds. I'll give you an example. We've got <coughs> one of the podcasts that we have is a running podcast, and we've built the thing specifically aimed at comrades. So there's this massive global thing of runners in the world, millions. We focused on one race when we started this thing that gets 20,000 people running it a year. 20,000. It's tiny. Tiny little niche. But we now own that space. If anybody wants to know anything in the audio space about comrades, we the guys. We post content on Facebook. I think there's 12,000 likes on our Facebook page for this podcast. We'll do something on Comrades, and we did it in the build-up to Comrades this year. Bear this in mind. 12,000 likes on the Facebook page. And if you're lucky at the moment from an engagement perspective on Facebook, if you're getting 5-10% engagement on your likes to who's engaging on your post. 12,000 likes, 20,000 people who run the race will put a piece of content on ahead of Comrades, and we're reaching more than half the field of Comrades. 10,000 people engaging with a piece of our content. Organic. We're not throwing any money at it. Why? Because people are invested in what we're doing. They're listening with their hearts and not their heads. I mean, I can show you numbers of, of videos and, and, and podcasts that we've put up that we're reaching more than half of that field running that race organically. If you're doing it properly, Facebook rewards you. They want engagement. They don't want link baiting. My favorite this single mother did this, you won't believe what happened next. Please. You'll get the click and people will go, what junk is this? They'll never come back. Get people consuming your content with their hearts. Get them invested. And Comrades is a big one because people dedicate their lives to it for a year. They, we've got a Comrades runner who's just running. You know what I'm talking about. It's an addiction more than a sport. But... That follows on from the niching thing that I spoke about earlier. We own that space now, and that allows us to go wider. We now are branching out into marathons and international marathons because we've got that core audience who went deep. Now we can go wide. So from a social media perspective, <clears throat> one of the things that we've really done, and, and we're throwing money at it now. We've, we're profitable, and we're using particularly Facebook and Instagram to build our audiences using Facebook ads and Instagram ads and we're getting unbelievable results because, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows about the privacy issues with, with Facebook and the, the breach. And in my opinion, the mainstream media blew that thing up to way more than what it was. And the reason I'm saying that is one of the issues with privacy online is the, the less privacy you have, the more convenience there is. So the more Facebook or Google knows about you, the better the content they can serve you. Yes, there is a risk of people knowing. You just got to be careful. But it is so powerful. If you look at, I mean, how many of you guys have gone on to take a lot or onto an online shopping store? All of a sudden, they're following you around the internet. And why is that? 
because you clicked on a pair of shoes and they obviously think you like those shoes, so they show you those shoes on Facebook and Google and that sort of thing. And that's what these algorithms do, is they allow you, and yes, is it good, is it bad, I don't know, but they allow you to associate with who you want to associate with. And I'm not into politics, but that's been one of the biggest, sort of like with the Trump administration and what's happening here with, with uh, Bell Pottinger as an example, is it becomes this echo chamber. And I'm not going to get into the, the technicalities of it, but you can leverage that. It's, you, you, can, you can use it for good. You don't have to use it for evil. You can leverage those algorithms to build these audiences. Because what happens is you end up in this echo chamber of people who are like you in Facebook groups talking about the same things. And, and that's why politicians who talk general kissing babies don't do well. That's why politicians like Trump do well. Whether you like him or hate him, he polarizes people. He's niched down. That's what it is. You need to niche down. And if you, if you get it right within social media, it's super powerful. Because you can say to someone like Facebook, I've got this audience already through an email list or through website visitors to your website. I've got these thousand people. They've got so much data on all of us. I can say to Facebook, I want more people like that. And they will put my content in front of more people just like that. And that's the power of using social media marketing. There's a lot to it. And that's, for us, podcasting is audio business cards. This is where we build our business. This is the magic. And that's what's taken us years to figure out. And once, you've, once you can harness that, that's when these things start exploding. Because you can, you can choose who to put this content in front of. It costs. But you can find those audiences by leveraging the power of Facebook and Google and that sort of thing. So that's the, that's the power of social media marketing. iTunes reviews. This is also a small hinge that moves big doors. And this is something we figured out early, early on. And this is something that doesn't cost anything. Every podcast you do, ask your listeners to leave you a review on iTunes. And then... In the next one, say, hey, Joe Soap left us a review on iTunes. This is what he said about us. Because people want to hear their names. It's radio. That's why WhatsApp voice notes work and SMS lines work. And that's why people engage is because it's ego. And reviews are a great way to do that. And we've incentivized listeners run competitions. I mean, we've given away some big prizes for people leaving us iTunes reviews. No one really knows how the algorithm within iTunes works. As it stands now, it is the biggest search engine for podcasts. So you want to try and get your podcast in front of as many people as possible. And reviews make a massive, massive difference. We've seen it every time we get a spike in reviews, our download numbers go up. Because the more reviews you get and the more often you get them, you get bumped up in the rankings in iTunes. And, and that, again, plays into the, the, the branding. If your branding is not right, it doesn't matter if you get bumped up. What's the Billy Bob show? No one cares. So it, it all sort of ties together, small pieces. But this is a big one. This, this really makes a big difference. People go, does it really? Trust me. Reviews make a massive, massive difference. Okay. Uh, and then calls to action. And I'm going to talk about monetization. It ties into that as well. So one thing you, you don't want to confuse your listeners within a podcast. So my advice, one call to action per piece of content. And it's the same thing on traditional radio. If you're telling someone they need to jump through 20 hoops to win a competition, it falls on its, falls on its face. 
but as, you want to make it as simple as possible for people to engage with you. So if today's podcast is leave us a review, that's all you talk about, leave us a review. If it's go and download this checklist on our website, that's all it is. Don't overcomplicate the issue, but be deliberate about it. And, and have calls to action. Don't create a piece of content and just leave it out there. Get people to take the next step with you and get closer to you. Like us on Facebook. Chat to us on Facebook. Leave us a comment on Facebook. What did you think about this? Just start getting that engagement because as much as traditional radio is very interactive, this is too. And people here are a lot more invested because they're listening, if you get it right, they're listening with their hearts and not their heads. So they do tend to, to really sort of and, and you want to train your audience to do exactly that because I'm going to talk about the monetization and how do you make money off these things. You want to train your audience to take action. And it's, it's a psych, psychological thing. It's small steps, baby steps. Get them to hit like on Facebook or leave us a review on. And then you can ask them for bigger. As they start doing more and more, you can ask them for bigger and bigger sort of asks. And that's where the monetization comes in. Okay, oh, sorry, I wanted to talk on that. Another, another way to grow these things is to get on other podcasts. Go to where the audience is. And, and you'll see authors are really good at this if you listen to a lot of podcasts. And you'll know who's just written a book because they're on every single podcast within that niche. So if you listen to uh, a psychology podcast and a doctor's written a new psychology book, they do the Oprah rounds. They're on every talk show and they're on every podcast. And the reason it works is because, like I said earlier, is once you take that lid off the box, you can't go back to other media. You tend to stick to podcasts and you stick to what you know. You end up in that echo chamber of listening to the same sort of stuff and people do the rounds. So we've had lots of people discover what we do by being on other podcasts. And if it means coming up with something unique, like if you're a, a doctor and you come up with a system on whatever give it a cool little name and reach out to other people and say hey this is what i do i've got the system i think it'll be of value to your audience would you be interested but do your research as well i got one yesterday from some doctor talking about eating disorders wanting to get onto a triathlon podcast i mean the answer is no if you find the right audience that you can add value to, a lot of podcasters are looking for good content and good guests to put in front of their audience. Go there and blow the audience's socks off. Just drop knowledge bombs. They'll come to you. And that's the best way, one of the best ways to, to sort of build audiences is get in front of other people's, other people's audiences. On the social media thing as well, also, sorry, I didn't actually mention it. We spend a lot of money on, on building these things. Facebook groups are a great place to build audiences. But... Don't spam Facebook groups. That's also, find groups that are relevant to your niche and add value. Answer questions. I know it's a lot of work. If you want to be successful at this, you've got to work. But go into these groups and add value. If people are asking questions on whatever it is your subject matter is, answer their question. If you've done a podcast that answers their question, drop the link in there. Don't just go in there once a week, you <laughs> drop the link and bugger off and you never go there again. Become part of that community and people will come and find out more about you. So that's also a, a good place to sort of grow these things on, online. And this is why you're all here, correct? How do you make money of these blimmin' things? Just, to start with, advertising is not it. I hate to burst that bubble. Okay. So when we first started, 
our coming from a traditional radio background, I was like, I'm going to build this platform and we're going to sell advertising and that's how we're going to make our money. Advertising is a byproduct of success in podcasting. In our business, advertising is the cream. If somebody comes to us, I'm not going to put an advert on one of my podcasts unless that advertiser is adding value to my audience. It's got to add value. If it doesn't add value, sorry, I like money but not that much. I like my audience more. Because your audience can see straight through you as soon as you start selling them. People like to buy, they don't like to be sold. And if you do it right, advertising can become a massive part of your business and it can add value and help you grow your audience. So that's important to note. But a couple of ways that we've done this, who's heard of affiliate marketing? Does anybody know what affiliate marketing is? Okay, a few people know what affiliate marketing is. There's lots of ways to do this. Amazon is probably the best example. Amazon have what they call affiliate pro uh, program. You can go onto Amazon.com, sign up for their affiliate program, and you'll get special links. So let me use an example of, let me use books as an example. Let's say you've got a business podcast, and you're talking about, you, you interview an author about his book and his books on Amazon. You can go get a link off Amazon for that specific book that you're talking about on your podcast. And on that podcast, you can say, hey, we're speaking to Joe Soap. He's written this book. If you'd like to read it or buy it, go to this link, www.whateveryourpodcastnameis.com forward slash book. You redirect that link to Amazon, to that special affiliate link. Amazon pay you a commission for referring their traffic. Not just for that book. If they then buy something for 30 days after that, you get commission on that because you referred that customer to Amazon. So Amazon's one of them. Lots of companies have got affiliate programs. Tesla, the motor car. They've got an affiliate program. There's a podcaster that has sold more Teslas than anyone else on the planet. More than Tesla. Through a podcast that he does on Teslas. Talking and using an affiliate link. They had a competition. He won himself a Tesla. They ran a competition for their affiliates. Whoever did the most, they gave them a car. Won himself a Tesla. So it's a form of advertising, but you're not taking money up front for an audience you don't have. Because that's the key. If you have 20 people listening to your podcast and you go to an advertiser, they're going to laugh at you. So you've got to think out of the box. Affiliate marketing is a great way to do that. Uh, <coughs> another one is products and services. So I'm trying to think of an example. Let me use one of our examples. And, and I'm going to talk. I mean, you can go and look at this platform and reverse engineer the way we've done it. So one of my business partners is a, is a running coach, and that's sort of on the, 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 the comrades thing. He's actually the official comrades coach as well. And he physically coaches people one-on-one -on -one running. So Caroline Wasserman, if you know the running, he coached Caroline Wasserman to winning comrades. Uh, he's the South African triathlon coach. He just got back from the Commonwealth Games with, with a, a gold medal. And he does one-on-one -on -one coaching. So we use his podcast to drive into his product, which is coaching and his service. We've also created generic training programs that people can buy through the podcast. So we're using the podcast as an audio business card to get people back to our platform to buy our products and services. And we do that across the board in, in all niches. That's where the money comes from. It's a form of advertising, but we can do it with a small audience. And if you're speaking to people's hearts and you build that trust through audio, you're the guy. If they want something, they come to you. And that's 
where you start generating money off the back end, building platforms and tribes off the back of these things. Uh, online courses. Did I put online courses on here? I don't think I did. No. So online courses is another one, and it fits into the, the products and services. So let's say, for instance, you – give me – I'm going to ask you guys. Give me, give me a niche. Give me a, a podcast, and I'll tell you how to make money off it. Poetry. Cool. People want to learn how to write poetry. You're a poet. There's a couple of ways to do it. You can self-publish a poetry book and sell it as a physical hard copy PDF or, or an actual physical book that you ship. Or you can run poetry workshops. Teaching people how to, depending on what the niche is, uh, if people want to learn how to write poetry or, or how, to, how to monetize their poetry. If you're successful in selling poetry books online, people will pay you for that knowledge. It's amazing. I mean, the e-learning e sort of space is huge. And the amount of money that people are spending on e-courses e and, and, and e-learning, it's massive. So, so there's one. I mean, it's, it's an odd niche. But, I mean, if you go and search for now, I can tell you now, there's people making money, making millions of dollars by doing that sort of thing. So it, it's a case of, of serving the audience. And, and it all ties together. I mentioned the email marketing, the email lists. What we do is we build these lists, and every so often we... We'll say to our audience, what are you struggling with? What do you need help with? How can we serve you? How can we better serve you? And the insights that we get are amazing. They tell us what they're battling with. We make it, sell it to them. It's not rocket science, but it works like a charm. And because you're that connected with your audience and you're speaking to them, and you're creating solutions to their problems, they're listening with their heart. So the next time they have a problem, who do they come to? They come to you. And it just keeps building. Just keeps building. The, the hearing what your audience wants, you, you've, and, and that's what I was talking about, the testing, is figure out what they want. Use these channels to talk to them. It's not a, a one-way sort of means of communication. It's not a broadcast. It's a conversation. We're talking, and, 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 and think of it that way, as opposed to shotgunning the approach, Sniper rifle, chat to one person. People go, like, I don't want to speak to my audience. Why not? The insights you get from having one-on-one -on -one conversations. I do it often on the podcast, one of the calls to action. I'll say, I've got a calendar link. I want to chat to five people. Go and set up a link and, and talk to me. And I go on there and I pick their brains, find out what, what they're struggling with, what are they doing. And we create those solutions. That's where we get the best insights. What, what do you love about our podcast? What don't you like? What can we do better? Just keep chatting. Get that communication open because that's what gets into people's hearts. And once you've built these communities and big communities, that's when advertisers start waking up and go, oh, hang on a sec. We want to get onto that platform. And that's when you start generating money from, from mainstream advertising. But again, don't sell your audience out. If it adds value to your audience, do it. People see straight through it if you're doing it just for the money. The money will come if you do it properly. But be deliberate about building these audiences. And it takes time. I'm not going to lie to you. If you want to make a million bucks, go buy a lotto ticket. Just hope you don't die before Saturday. Are there any questions? I mean, that's... Do you want to... Cool. So you said earlier about transcribing the podcasts. Yes. Where do you transcribe it to so where do you write it out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what we do is we, we've got someone who we send the sound file to, and they sit and type it up, 
and then we take that transcript, the, the actual words, and we put it on the website. So it's part of show notes or it's part of the, the blog post, essentially. We run everything of WordPress, so it's easy to use. We've got a team that, that creates the post for us and that sort of thing and optimizes the images and, and all of that, and that lives on the, on the website. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It costs us a fair amount of money, but yeah, we, we get it back. So let's say you've got a podcast, you've been doing it for two years, you've got a captured audience, you're getting 50,000 downloads a month, um, and, and you've got the big brand. Vodacom want to come and buy your podcast, uh, or they want to put a 15-second spot, top tail, or whatever. How do, you, how, do you, how do you charge them? Do you sell them a package and you say, all right, this series, episode one to seven, you're going to pay 100K for, or does it work per download? They say, all right, for every download that you get, we'll give you... A thousand rand. That is a great question. I didn't actually touch on that. So, a lot of these platforms. One of the other. The, I mean, I mentioned the advertising. So, Iono does this. There's a couple of other companies that do it as well. One is called Midroll.com, and I'll talk about the exact of how we charge it. But Iono have got a, a pretty cool piece of of technology, and and that's what I love about and. I, I tend to stay away from newsy and current affairs podcasts because I want a piece of content to live for as long as possible online. What they, what they do is they can sell, they can go to a Vodacom as an example and say, okay, cool, we've got this audience, this podcast that's doing X, Y, and Z, and you can buy advertising on it. They then can put a top and a tail, like an opening and closing billboard, and the front end and the back end for the duration of the campaign. When the campaign's over, they pull it down. So that piece of content's then clean again. There's no advertising on it. So you can sell the same piece of content over and over because what happens with podcasting is somebody will find a podcast that they like and they'll go back and binge listen. I mean, we see it often. Uh, I mean, iTunes technically only lists the latest 300 episodes. Often, a couple of times a day on, on our podcast. You'll go in there and you'll see the spike. <laughs> somebody in Pofader has downloaded 300 podcasts. And that's someone going back and binge listening. So how do you price it? That is the, the big question. There's, uh, has anybody heard of Tim Ferriss? Uh, John Lee Dumas? Okay, so they're two big... John Lee Dumas is a big international podcaster. He's got a, a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. Uh, Tim Ferriss is a guy who wrote The 4-Hour Workweek. He's uh, online entrepreneur. He's done extremely successful. Both of them have got posts on their website with regards to pricing podcasts. <coughs> this is an international sort of... There's no standard. This is what it is. They charge on a, a CPM, which is a cost per 1,000 downloads. And that's probably the industry standard at the moment. There is no standard. So it's a bit of a thumb suck. For me, I want to get results from my advertiser. So I don't want to charge it out of the market that the guy comes to me, he spends twenty, thirty thousand dollars and then he doesn't get results. So we charge it on a, a CPM, which is great because as your audience grows, if you've got a thousand downloads per episode in two months' time, if you've got two thousand, your advertising rate has doubled. So that that works for us. It depends on the niche. Some niches you can charge a hell of a lot more than others. Like business and that, obviously there's there's more demand for it. Uh, if it's like a hobby sort of podcast, maybe maybe less. Uh, we generally have across the board. I mean, ours slightly, very slightly more, and we charge in dollars because our audiences are are mostly international. Uh, we're charging for and and we sell it. And you talk about I'll talk about the packages in a moment. But we're selling on average for a, a 15 second opening billboard in the in the thing. I'm, I don't use the Iono stuff that much because a lot of our audience is overseas, so they're dealing with a lot of local local uh, advertisers. So we'll do a 15-second billboard in the front end, and then we'll do like a 45-second live read in the middle, 
and we're charging $55. So I think it's $15 for the, the, the opening billboard and then 40 for the, so $55 per thousand downloads. So it's not massive amounts. Oh, cool, no worries. Yeah, so that's from a, from a costing perspective. And then you can come up with packages. So we're running a campaign at the moment. It's starting now next week on, on, on the Triathlon Podcast. World Champs are coming up in October. And there's a guy who's very much in our niche. We've, he's, he's our target audience. Plus, he's been one of the guys we've spoken to. So he fits into our niche big time. And he is racing. He wants to be the best amateur in Kona this year. So we've got a nutrition sponsor that sponsors him that's leveraging what he's doing on our podcast. So there's like an audio diary that we're using. It's, they're not long. They're like 30, 45 seconds every week of him talking about what he's doing. It just adds, it adds value to our audience. It's creating the thing to follow Dan at, at World Champs. Kind of like Correct. <laughs> Within the content itself, yeah. So you just got to be imaginative about it. I, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's that shotgun approach. I don't personally believe 30 seconds. That's why live reads work well on radio or better than 30 second ads is because you're getting that endorsement. And... People who listen to podcasts really sort of resonate with the host or whoever it is. So when you put that on there or if you talk about it, people take note. The results from podcast advertising are way better than general radio. Even though you, you're chatting to generally smaller, audience, smaller audiences, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we were talking like how big is big. I mean, I'll use an example. If you had to start a, a podcast aimed at dentists, how to build dental practices, I mean, those chairs, I don't know how much those chairs cost, but they're a hell of a lot, I'm sure. And if you've got the company that manufactures those chairs, if you had an audience of 200 dentists, those folks would fall over themselves to talk to 200 dentists, as opposed to 2 million people, of which 20 might be dentists. So, cool. Question, you need to grab the mic. We are not worthy. The question is, when, when you say that you speak to the five people, how do you physically do that? If you're on email and stuff like that, do they give you access? Do you do it on Skype? How, how do you, when you say you speak to them, do you physically talk to them? Yeah, talking to people is weird in the online space. People are weird. Uh, so we, we use Skype a lot uh, for interviews, to conduct interviews, but I also use a platform called Zoom, uh, zoom.us. Uh, you can pick up a free, and it's great for doing sort of interview-style podcasts like to record. Uh, they've got a free package as well, which is cool. So I just basically, you can get a link, they send the link, you send the link to them via email at the specific time and, and they hop on. Yeah, exactly. Telecon, yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't matter where they are in the world, they can, they can hop on the call. And, and I like doing it face-to-face -face so you can see them, but you don't have to. I mean, you could do it on a WhatsApp call or a Facebook call, whatever it is. I mean, we've... Yeah, WhatsApp video. I mean, it, there's, there's lots of ways to skin a cat. We've just got that within our business because it works for us, and we've got a lot of automation set up with regards to setting up interviews, and it sends in the link automatically. That's why we use it. But there's lots of options. I mean, tons. You don't have to just use that. Okay, the question is, do I ever use those interviews on the podcast itself? Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends. I tell them <laughs> if we are going to, if it's going to be part of the content. Uh, but yeah, you can. There's, there's nothing stopping you doing that. But again, you, you want to disclose that you are going to be recording it first of all and you are going to be publishing it second. So that's, that's that. Any other questions? I think, yeah, if you want to find out more, let me, let me just give you some, there's a, I've got a, a and it's just to, to sort of chat amongst because I, I feel a rising tide lifts all ships. We're all in this together. Everyone's learning. Uh, I don't know everything. I, 
I'm just further down the timeline than, than a lot of people. So we've got a little Facebook group called All Things Podcasting. If you search for it, it's there. There's a whole bunch of South African podcasters in there sharing resources, just chatting, asking questions. So it's a great place to, to, to get some help. Uh, I've got a website called TalkFeed Media. We do a lot of stuff for corporates. We do a lot of these sort of platform building for ourselves, our own business. So if, if you want to find out more about that, talkfeedmedia.com is that website. And then my personal website is bradbrown.co. Uh, and I've got a, a platform called the Podcasting Academy where we've got an online course where I actually go through all the technical stuff on how to edit, how to upload a feed. So if you want to start a podcast, that thing will get you through from zero, knowing absolutely nothing to having your podcast up and running, depending on how quickly you can work through that course. So that's a website for you to check it out as well. Cool. Nice. I think we can give him a round of applause, eh? Yeah. Brad, thank you so much. It was really engaging. It was interesting. Um, we appreciate the technical knowledge that you've given to us in, in such a tech, um, systematic way. It helps when you break it down because then it makes sense to us. Thank you so much. That ends the session. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. <laughs>